You're listening to Thursday Mornings with Alex and Don. T-Mad. Don is a pastor with 38 years experience. And Alex is just as curious as you. We look at the most important and interesting questions about the Bible and Christian faith. So let's talk about it. Pastor Don. Good morning, Alex. How you doing? So far, so good. Yes. Yeah, we're doing Check good. Check that pulse. Good, pulse good. and everything. Good. One of these days you'll walk in here and maybe you don't have a pulse and we'll be worried. And then we'll all be worried. Yeah. 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 Um, quick question. You know, why didn't Moses ever or Noah ever go fishing? <laughs> why didn't Noah ever go fishing? I don't know. Why did Noah never go fishing? He only had two worms. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You would have gotten rid of all those worms. And we wouldn't be able to fish for catfish. That's right. Yeah, that's right. They probably never had fishing poles back then either, did I they? I never thought about it. Most of the Bible fishing was done with nets. Yeah. I mean, that's what we see in the Gospels anyway that the apostles used. I wonder when that fishing hook was invented. I feel like that'd be important. I don't know. I would have thought that uh, whenever it would have began, it would have caught on quickly. Yay. <laughs> Boo. That's a good Sorry. one. I just came right. Yeah. I tried to build up to it, but. You nailed it. No, you nailed it. You did a good job. I'm proud of you. <laughs> uh, all right. So I, I got some questions today from someone. Um, Ooh, these are real life questions these from are real a real life, life questions. person. That's right. Other than you. That's right. Wow. In the Bible, I'm free. I don't I remember the verse. I should have been more prepared. I apologize. But hopefully you can come up with them. But it talks about in a couple of different verses how even the women are uh, sons of God. And the men later on, you know, talk about are the brides of Christ. Why switch that, you know, gender specific wording? Oh, brides of Christ. Well, this opens a can of worms that is all through the New Testament. And mm -hmm. uh, in fact, some people don't even listen to Paul because of the fact that he sort of comes out one side of this arc oh. of this. Uh, uh, he would call us all, you know, in Ephesians chapter 5, 20 following, he talks about men and women separately, wives and husbands. But he talks about us all being part of the body of Christ. Yeah. So uh, I think probably because they didn't have near the angst around gender okay. that we do. Gotcha. And and uh, I think that's just been ramped up a little farther than it really needs to be. The understanding was, uh, you know, a lot of families were not any more nuclear than they are now. I mean, women would have children and they'd raise their families the best they could. The stale, the uh, standard would be that at least the man would be the breadwinner. Right. And, and there weren't even a lot of jobs for women in that period. So it was important for a woman to be a bride. And to be a bride was a, I, at least not only a stabilizing force in relationships, but a stabilizing force in her economic life. So um, bride of Christ would have been an honor. Would it be kind of like the, so it, I mean, even what about, okay, so what about the women, even the women are sons of God. Did I maybe get that wrong? Somewhere? I'm I think not I'd... sure where you found that verse or which version you're coming out of. Okay. Because that would make a difference. Uh, what I'm finding is uh, we in the English understand 
well, we used to understand much better that when we talk about men of God, yeah, it wasn't gender specific to men. It was, you know, be people of God mm -hmm. kind of thing. And what we're finding is that, so when a translator comes across that, so men and women or brothers and sisters, uh, even in James chapter one, verses two through four, which was one of our verses, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, uh, brothers, you know, you know, great. Now I can't even think about it. Consider your joy, my brothers, when you yeah. have your trials. And so some versions will say brothers and sisters. Okay. And some verses will say, folks, people of God, that kind of thing, and generalize it. So then what happens when you move from the biblical text, the, the Greek and Hebrew, yeah. where the genders are specific, male and female, and then you look into the verse and say, well, that's not only talking about me, but that's talking about her too. And so then I translate that to include both genders. Gotcha. So then that's where I'm putting it in on top of the language of the Bible. I see a danger in that. I see some places that needs to be done. But then who am I to judge? My, my, what I'm coming from is we need translations that are like the ESV, yeah. which is specific word for word. In fact, it's so word for word translated from the he Hebrew and Greek that I find it hard to read. Mm -hmm. But it is trying to be very loyal to the manuscripts. Yeah. I just nudge everybody to, to read your translations with a little bit of ginger and, and, and spice and say, you know, I, if I have a question, and especially if it has a question about uh, a term or how I'm going to yeah. use it in real life, make sure you get back to the somebody, get back to the uh, original manuscripts enough that you know whether gender-specific is important in that text. Okay. Don't just take one. Yeah, I think there's someone who's always who's very popular saying, you know, don't read a Bible verse. Get that whole context. Get it in context. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's people that can make all sorts of cases by taking a verse yeah. out of context and then yeah. build a case around that's it. That's right. And that's that's dangerous stuff. Yes, it is. So we pause for a little bit and we're going to, because I this, wanted to make sure that I wasn't leading everybody astray with something I had heard and not come prepared for. So we did find some stuff. Well, you got some juicy stuff here. I got yes. some juicy stuff. That's right. And so when you go to this passage in uh, Galatians chapter 3, verse 26, uh, it is definitely a male pronoun. Right. It's definitely talking about a son. So we're all sons of God through faith. Yes. Now, is that a problem? Is it? For some, it will be. So why would, why would Paul put it in context and whop everybody into the same category? What translators will do then is say, we're all sons and daughters. Right. Or all children. Yeah. Because if he's uh, talking about the, all of us being sons, obviously we're not all, so he's grouping right. us together. And so in the earlier passage, I read from the uh, uh, 1984 version of the NIV, and it talked about sons. Mm -hmm. And then the 2011 then comes by and says, well, you're all children. Right. So what's the problem going to be? Well, scripturally, it says you will all be sons. Right. It doesn't, if you go back to the early manuscript, it doesn't even give any hedgeway. So this is like the Greek. It's back to Greek, Greek yes. 
the, 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 he could have used any other term and batched us all in the same lot. Right. And anthropos, you could, you could do a lot of things that would be uh, not gender specific. Right. Okay. What you're trying to, yeah, what you're trying to say, because that might be a little confusing, is that they had other Greek words right. for non-gender specific offspring. True. And, and, but then they had some for, you know, <clears throat> kind of male specific offspring, but also could be usely, loosely used for any offspring. But this passage uses male specific. Right. This is a son. But if you look at this passage, it's about that transformation, that being part of Christ. Right. And so, if you will give a little bit of grace here, I think what Paul's doing is saying, hey, this gender-specific stuff, you will be treated as sons. In other words, if you don't think women are, are the same regard as men, right? this one flies in the face. When you're in Christ, you're in the same boat. So this would be something that, you know, with this context we're looking at, that's what it says to me. You tell me if I'm wrong. The women at the time hearing this, this would have been awesome. It really would have spoken loudly in, yes. that, in that context historically because women were uh, second-class citizens yeah. at best. In Rome, they were a little better, and in Greek society, they were a little bit better than they were in the Hebrew society. Yeah. But even so, um, they, they were considered second class, unless they were wealthy right. and came from a wealthy family. Now, maybe that's why they're kind of changing it in the newer versions is because our social class for men and women are so much different. It probably would have read a little bit different had God sent his word to be used for you know modern terminology and stuff. But it's, you know, not every part, not every part of the world is like that. Right. So I think that's why it's important, why it's still reads like that. Yes. Don't you think? Yes. And that's why I have my thing with my translations. Sure. Yep. I get it. But the understanding is more than the language. Mm -hmm. I mean, to understand this scripture in the context in which it's written, you've got to be able to rely on your translation. To right. Do it well. Yeah. Yeah. Pick your translations wisely. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know, I mean, that's a very popular thing in society right now is talking about, you know, all these gender specific things and we should get rid of all these. No one is male. No one is female. And what I think is kind of interesting is that the Bible speaks to it because there was that role then. Right. And enforces the fact that pretty much is doing exactly what our modern, you know, uh, our modern more liberal sided stances is that everyone is the same regardless gender is fluid he's saying you know if you're the sons the all those things that you guys give you know val more value to the sons especially the firstborn son right all of that you're all going to get that so in that respect you've got all those things that's right he's elevating rather than normalizing right and he's that making makes sure. a huge difference when you talk about neutralization of genders well that takes anything away from either. Mm -hmm. I mean, any distinctive of the genders is gone. Yeah. Well, that makes no sense because we're uniquely created in, in God. We're, we're specifically created. I like to use the illustrations that uh, I believe the fingerprint of God is on each and every one of us uniquely mm -hmm. because we're not the same. Notice, we're not the same. Not the same. And so that being the case, and we're both guys, right? Both guys. Last I checked. Okay. So we're not the same. We're both guys. We're not elevated one above the other. 
we both have value in God's eyes. This neutralization business that's going on, I think, is anti-gospel. Yeah. Yeah. And so here's, you correct me, the way that I see it being, you know, not as beneficial or not beneficial at all with this common societal thing that we've got going on is, is and how it, and how it cuts against the Bible is that God is kind of saying, you know, Hey, I made you guys, I made you guys very differently to help one another. You cannot be, you know, it is a great gift if you are to unite and you guys can help each other a lot. Now I didn't make everybody to be, to get married. Not all of you are going to find a soulmate. That's true. Or find a partner, but you guys work together. And you guys are going to compliment each other. Mm-hmm. And we both know that that's kind of hard sometimes. Right. Drives us crazy. But he does lay out some kind of gender specific roles. And if we are to follow them to, you know, further his glory, that is serving him. And often those also compliment. Oh, yes. Those roles. Yes, I do. Very much. Um, something else I kind of find, you know, it's hard to, you know, if, if, if someone is getting caught up in this kind of thing with the Bible, like I just recently, you know, found all this stuff out and made a revelation about it. Honestly, these talks, I mean, drastically, the knowledge that I have learned just trying to put together a show and then listening and talking with you about this kind of stuff, the growth, I, it's, it's the only thing I've really grown at in the last year, I feel like, you know, but, uh, gotten we, better at. But we see it. I see it. Um, and I it, have too. Yeah, and, and just the growing to l- understand where, because there's like three different things coming in to the Word of God when we're reading it, when it comes to the gender, maybe not three, but like he constantly they use, you know, gender specific in the parables. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke 15, 8 through 10, like the woman searching for the lost coin, right? right? It was not he's using that to talk about, you know, you know, searching everywhere to find that one lost thing to bring it home. You know, if one is, what if one is missing every, you know, you don't just forget about it. No big deal. But he was speaking to everyone, but used a woman cleaning and searching the house and sweeping. And that was her role because that's what spoke. If he had done a man, then at the pe- people who, who he was talking to at the time might not have understood that right. or would have dismissed it. Same thing with Luke 18, one through eight with the widow, you know, going before the judge and trying to um, get some protections because had that been a man, he doesn't need anything. No. You know, he can go on, you know, live his life. He's got nothing to worry about. She didn't. That's right. So these, there's some gender specific things in there. And I think a lot of them are helpful to understand the context at the time because a lot of it is PR. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I never really thought the Bible to have had because that seems like dismissing things that are yucky but pretty good reasons why mm-hmm. they did that mm-hmm. like wasn't it luke or something that got circumcised for just to go titus titus yeah just so that he could go and talk yeah we just covered that in our men's bible study yeah blurb for our yeah bible study yeah even good though they, he had just talked about now nah, you don't need to get circumcised. just the chapter before yeah, yeah, yeah no worries and then he goes nah, i better do it if i'm gonna go talk to these guys yeah that's acts 15 and 16 <laughs> yeah it's interesting uh, it, we we made note of that two weeks ago in bible study that now wait a minute 
this whole issue and yeah. this whole conference in, in Acts chapter yeah. 15 is, is, has to do with this issue of circumcision. Yeah. And then it, verse six, and almost the first verses of verse chapter 16. <laughs> oh, okay, we're going to circumcise you, boy. Yep. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. But hmm. yeah, I just Titus must have had a lot of buy-in at that oh, moment. Man, you think about the people he had just talked to, be like, did you know that this what not happened to Titus after he told us not to get circumcised? You know what he did? Huh? I bet there was coffee talk. Oh yes. boy. But yeah, I, I this question that came in, you know, it's a good it is. It's a good question because you know, sometimes the culture wants to push us sometimes, the world wants to push these values and kind of, um, you know, reorganize what you should think. And really, we need to be able to open up the question. Oh, yeah. And be, you know, don't don't talk about it. We need to talk about it. Mm -hmm. But we also need to go back far enough to realize that we don't get off center. Right. So if that's why I think it's important for Christians in this era specifically, well, in every era before us and after us, to, to take our Bibles seriously, know them well, and be able to at least have a few people around that we can ask this question and say, yeah. well, so why is my Bible read this way and your Bible reads that way? Mm-hmm. What's the deal? Yeah. And understand that translators do have some license. Oh, yeah. And when we buy a Bible, we're basically buying that translator's interpretation. Right. And if you want a good a good way to kind of flesh something out. If you find something a little off when you're doing your Bible studies, um, sometimes I will type in that verse on Google, you know, mm-hmm. let's, you know, Galatians yeah. three eighteen, yeah. right. And then do translation and then, um, dispute that those are some good words to like throw in there or, right. you know, uh, disagreement or something like that. So Google and Google does a pretty good job of picking up what you're trying to say there. And there's, so many people writing articles and content online fleshing out these things and it's so interesting to go into a bible study study not only with your bible but a little google too now don't you know right stick to your bibles stick but to your bible and know where your bible comes out in the midst yep. of translations mm-hmm. i mean i've used the niv 18 1984 version all these years a long time yep well maybe a little too long but I also know where it's most of where it isn't quite right. Yes. And so I use it as a tool. It's the best tool I had at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we, we, you need to know your Bible. Yep. Bottom line. Yep. Know how close it is to the original manuscript and find out what, if you have somebody who knows how to get back to the Greek and Hebrew, uh, use them as a resource. Yep. That's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even have like a Bible. I just have the app on my phone. Ah. I find it much more useful. You know, I, I find it useful. What I find is interesting is that as they updated the NIV, I've used an app for years. As they updated the NIV, my app changed it. Oh. And so when I first got my Bible app on my phone, it was the uh, 20, 2004 version NIV. And then when they updated in 2011, it automatically changed on my phone. Yeah. So I forced, sort of hold it in awe, you know. And then, of course, on this phone, I use five translations. Right. And one of those is the Greek, mm-hmm. the original. 
I have it on mine where I can actually set it to the year hmm. for the translation. Cool. They don't have the 1984. So I have yeah. a, dep- a separate downloaded PDF of it. Yeah, that's interesting because the 1984 was the version that was done by a committee. Right. And uh, actually, John uh, J.C. Wenger, John Christian Wenger, uh, was the uh, translator of the book of Hebrews. And I oh. knew him personally. And so he would talk about that. That's cool. Yeah. So it's been a long time. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a long time. That's before I was born. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) About four years. That's all. (laughs) All right. Well, this is a good episode. Will you pray us out? Mm -hmm. Heavenly Father, we thank you for speaking to us through your word. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that by your Holy Spirit, we would hear you even more clearly today than we did yesterday. Guide us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks everyone for joining us. Thank you for that awesome question. You know who you are. Yes. Um, that was a really good one. That was one. a good one. That was hopefully, really solid. Hopefully uh, that can help everyone kind of equip them with some knowledge of that and understanding a little bit. And yeah. yeah. And electronic media, we could just stop and That's right. get some resources and That's resource right. it better. All I do right. like the spontaneity of, of these things yes. and the questions. You're good. It's cool. Keeps right. me sharp. That's right. Send us some more questions, you guys. We love them. All right. Take care. See you next week. Thanks again for joining us for this week's episode. We are both having a ton of fun making these videos and episodes. And if you're having fun too, please tell a friend about this and help us to grow this mission. Thank you and God bless.